I've got something for you today that I think uh, is going to bless you. And um, I really felt that this year it was important for me to encourage, you know, the body of Christ to plant our seed in the ground. And when times are unstable or we are facing a lot of decisions or unknown variables, it can be easy to hold your seed in your hand, yeah? And, uh, and, and I shared earlier um, in the month out of Ecclesiastes, and it talks about during perilous times that the sower can look at the wind and not sow, and that the reaper can look at the cloud of rain and not reap. And it's important for us to realize that our job isn't to try to measure what's going on around us. Our job is to be faithful with what God's put in our hands to do. Yeah. Because there's so much, so much going on that we can't control, right? And uh, we're responsible for ourselves. That's who we're for sure responsible for. I'm responsible for me, meaning I need to steward what God's put in my hand. I need to be aware of the atmosphere that I create. I need to be aware of the hope I release to people. Uh, These are the things I can control. I can be love, hope, and joy, hope, and faith everywhere that I go, and I can continue to be true to who I know God said that I am in Him so that everyone around me has that experience. Can I get a big amen? And so it becomes powerful when we all make that decision at the same time to represent the kingdom through us and, and during these times. Can I get a big amen on that? And so, you know, obviously this is a time where we need, we need great leadership right now. Um, but in the moments where we don't have leadership, we are still able to be led by the word of God to be who we've committed ourselves to be because God is for sure going to be who he says he is. Can I get a big amen? amen. And so that, even that song, all of God's promises are what? Yes, yes and Amen. And so there's actually responsibility connected to that. You know, the yes is God's. That's God's yes. All of his promises are yes. God is not waiting on some emotional day where he likes you more than he does today to all of a sudden release his promises to you. Come on. More promises don't come out the more quarters you put in. That's not how this thing works. I wish that, you know, we could guarantee a mansion to you if you wrote the $10,000 check to Gen 1. There's some ministries who tried that, didn't work out so well for them. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah. (laughs) You know, we've all been there though, right? If I could just perform a little more. If I can just, you know, put that, you know, if I can just do more, then God will want to do more for me. That's not how this relationship works, is it? That's not a freeing relationship. That's not a dignifying relationship. And so what's exciting is that all of God's promises are yes. That's his response to the promise. And then there's a second response, which is what? Amen. Amen. Who's the amen belong to? Us. So all of God's promises are, yes, green light, as long as we're willing to amen, which means what? I agree. Some of us in the room that have promises for 2021 that are available, but we haven't decided to agree yet. Because we're still trying to figure out we're supposed to come into agreement with the wind or the cloud. Yeah? And so God's not in the wind. God's not in the storm. 
God's not in the earthquake. God's not in the famine. The prophets had it right. Even in the Old Covenant, they tell us this stuff. And, and, and we still kind of mess this one up a little bit. What's it say he was in? He was in the still, small voice. You know, all these people trying to figure out of calamities of God. Well, no. Because God's not in the wind. He's not in the earthquake. He's in the still, small voice. So we're all trying to figure out the things that we can't control trying to anticipate how to position ourselves. And ultimately, as a sower, we have one single responsibility, and that's to put our seed in the ground. It's important. And so in 21, we got we, we to gotta have a little bit of guts. We need some courage here. You know, the fear buffet is open, and it's all you can eat. And it's $5.99. <laughs> Come on, just get a fresh plate, Mary. You can have all you want. You. Come on. But it's just like that Taco Bell, McDonald's, whatever you want to call it. You eat it and then you regret it. (laughs) Somebody get me home. My body says this is a competing commitment. Get out of my belly. Uh-huh, you foul spirit. <laughs> Name yourself Burger King. <laughs> we, got, we got to reject that fear buffet. Because the idea sounds good. All you can eat. Having an all you can eat is a poverty spirit. That's consumerism at its best, isn't it? I don't need all I can eat. I need just enough. All I need is just enough. And, uh, and so, you know, the, the fear buffet is open and we got to reject that fear buffet and we got we to go to the faith position that says, hey, I have all that I need in him and when I function and do as what God's put in my hand to do, I know that I'll always have more than enough. Yeah? And so there, there's a real need for us to not respond in fear, but to respond by faith. And so we have to hear God because we know that faith comes by hearing. And so whenever you f- see faith in someone, you know that they heard. Yeah? And so when we see faithless people, we know we're interacting with people who aren't listening. Which means I ain't paying attention to you. I ain't going to follow you. You got fear. <laughs> if you don't got faith, it means you ain't listening. Yeah? So we need faith-filled leaders who also have you know, divine wisdom. And we've talked a lot about that faith leading to wisdom over the last couple of months. And, uh, and so here we are, though, in this, in this place of really needing to make sure we plant our seed in the ground. And so here's the thing that, we, that we're going to learn this year is that, you know, the sower, ultimately, think about it, it's grain. You know, the sower would have a satchel, a big, huge sash cloth, and they would 
fill seed up in it, and they would go out into the tilled field, and they would toss their seed and toss their seed. And anyone ever sowed that way? <laughs> well, we live in Michigan. You for sure tossed salt that way before. So, you know, the whole same thing. It's the same thing, you know. And, uh, and so the sower would be out in the field. And so the sower would prefer an optimized scenario where the wind is not blowing. Well, why is that? Well, it's because the wind could catch the seed and take it to the rocky ground. It could take it to the thorny ground. It could take it to the untilled ground, right? And so you yield a lower harvest in that scenario. And, and, and so, you know, ultimately, you know, we, would don't, we don't want to reap in the rain. The cloud is there in the reaping, and that means it's going to rain. And when it rains on the produce, and we're trying to do the thing, now we're in the mud, right? And we're trampling in the mud. We can't get in and out, and the donkey can't get in and out because we all own our donkeys, right, to help us with our harvesting. And so, um, and so there's, there, there's challenges there. So the Ecclesiastes doesn't say the wind and the cloud's going to go away. Noah says that we're going to learn how to sow in the wind, and we're going to learn how to reap in the rain. Which is why I've been sharing with us that, you know, by faith we learn what? By wisdom we learn how. That's why we need wisdom right now like never before. Wisdom teaches you how to do things in the kingdom. And so here we have a unique set of variables, a unique set of challenges in front of us um, as the church. You know, there's, there's things in the prophetic movement we need to deal with. There's things, you know, as a local house, a community in our area we need to deal with. There's, there's things politically that need to be dealt with, right? There's all these different challenges, mindsets have to be overcome. And, and, and the wind is blowing and the, and the cloud is here. And we have to make a decision if we're either going to stop in fear or learn how to sow in the wind. And so you don't let the wind stop you. You read the wind. You take a few, you know, grains of, you know, uh, clips of grass, you know, and you, you throw it in the wind, yeah? A good golfer will know how to do that, right? They go to get to the tee box, yeah? You pick it up. I mean, they try. I mean, it makes you look good. It makes you look like you know what you're doing at the tee box, you know? You know, you, and uh, I'll, I'll never forget it, you guys. I got invited to this, you know, this golf league, and I don't know how this happened. Um, they, needed a, they needed a substitute guy, right? And so this is a really good golf league, and the guy invited me. I'm like, man, like, you, like you've already called everyone else, right? Like, everyone else you've already called. He's like, yeah, Drew, we just like, man, I, I know we've never golfed together, but you go, you go in clubs, you go golfing, right? I'm like, yeah, but man, like, yeah, I did all the things. So he's like, finally, like, you got to be here. We need somebody. Show up here, 430. It's Twilight Golf League, nine holes. I'm like, all right, all right, I'll show up. And, and just, man, just like erase my score, like whatever. It t- let's. So we get there, and, you know, I mean, these, you know, this little itty-bitty baby ball has to be hit with this itty-bitty little face of a club. I mean, and it's, and it's supposed to go far when you hit it, right? And so I get there, and I'm thinking we're all in foursomes, and I knew everyone in our foursome. It's like, well, they're, they're going to they're gonna be nice to me. You know, they're going to like, whatever. You know, these are my friends. I can do whatever I need to do here, you know, up, down, left, right. However it goes, it's going to be fine. So we get there, and every single person in the league is at the tee box watching everyone tee off first big shot got to get that driver out you know and so you know I own clubs but that's about it you know and uh, I'm like what is this thing oh Mizuno okay hi nice to meet you that's a very old 
golf club brand. Anyways, and so I am just like, I'm nervous. I'm like, what's going on? And, and so I, I remember like, uh, you know, it was a little bit windy, so I grabbed some grass and, you know, threw it in the air. I'm like, yeah, I kind of know what I'm doing. No, this is going to be terrible. And then I got up there and I smacked the drive of my life, you guys. And, and then they were all, all, they were like, oh, who'd you guys bring in today and all this stuff. And you guys, I didn't get off the tee box the next eight shots, but that shot, I threw the grass up and I was like, Lord, help me. You know, I'll pray for the wind to carry my ball. Lord, let the anointing carry this ball into the fairway. And I mean, I think it went like 275 yards straight down the middle thing, but not for the rest of the day. And, uh, but man, I threw that grass up and they thought I knew what I was doing. Anyways, you know, we can, we need to know the wind, but we don't react to the wind. Yeah. We find a solution about what to do in the wind. And so, which means that if I'm wanting to throw something straight and I have a wind coming from my right to my left, I need to now, to land straight, I need to throw to my right. Yeah? All I have to do is to know how to toss my seed in the wind. I just got to make an adjustment. And 2021 is going to be a year where you make a lot of adjustments. 2020, we all kind of stood back and we observed we measured, didn't we? Where is this? How does this relate? How do I relate with the government? How do I relate with my neighbor? How do I relate with this disease? How do I relate with my money? How do I relate with the lack of money or the increase of money? Because it's been feast or famine pretty much for everyone I know. Either you're exploding and you had the best year you've ever had or it was terrible. It's all extremes, right? And, uh, and so in 2020, we were measuring. And now in 21, we have to take a step of saying, it's time for me to engage and take what I know and do the best with what I know. Because how many know that if you don't sow your seed, you'll sow yourself into poverty? What, what does that mean? Well, you don't grow a harvest if there's nothing in the ground. You know, if you're a farmer, that's what you're going to eat. That's what you're going to sell, right? And so, you know, it's, uh, you know, Lynn, you know all about this. She's a tremendous farmer and, uh, and has tremendous produce. Lynn, could you imagine if you guys didn't plant your fields one year, what would happen? Well, it would go terrible, right? It would be game over, right? And so it's important for us this year to not sow ourselves into poverty by not sowing. Making sure that we're faithful with what those things are. And so what are, the, you know, what are the things that we need to sow? You might be asking that question. Um, well, if you don't know, then you need, you need to work on this. Um, because you need to know what seed God has put in your hand. Biblically speaking, you know, Jesus defined the seed as the sons of God. In Matthew chapter 13, he gives the parable of the sower, talks about the different types of ground and the different results, and he talks about the, the tares and the wheat, and there's some type of eschatological. <laughs> You're welcome. Eschatological, there we go. And uh, implications there, and he's mapping all this stuff. He's saying all these things, and then he walks away, and the disciples are like, hey, Jesus, <laughs> you want to explain that one to us? We didn't really understand that one. And he goes in an expansive conversation, but he said that the seed is the sons of God. And so it's important for us to realize that we're planting identity. We're planting our access points. You know, son of God means I have access to things. Yeah? It's like when you walk up, you ever given someone's last name before? Uh, you know, where someone's like holding the door or there's a barrier there. And you're like, yeah, I'm with so-and-so. What does that get you? It gets you access. And so your last name 
child of God gets you access to the kingdom. But how many know that that is meant to multiply and it doesn't multiply in your hand? You don't get to celebrate or take, um, uh, take advantage of the access unless it's in the ground. You need to be in the ground. You need to be multiplying. I really believe that this is a year where we're going to see just a, a radical new way to live, a radical new way um, uh, for how money interacts and flows. There's a lot of people talking about the transfer of wealth. Uh, it's already happening. If you're a billionaire in 2020, you got 27% richer in 2020 if you're a billionaire on average. How many, uh, was there 100 billionaires in the world? I think, I think it's a little over 100. 101. Scott Fox is next in 2021. And uh, they gained their wealth by 20, they grew their wealth by 27%. Interesting, isn't it? And so the money is moving right now at a, at, a, at a radical rate. And where money flows is changing, which means we, can be, we need to be mindful of those things and get ourselves in position to be solving problems in the world so that that economic flow can get behind the vision that we have for the kingdom of heaven coming to earth. Can I get a big amen? And so we need to be educated. We need to be aware. We need to be engaged. Once again, it's not time to hold back. It is time to plant our seed in the ground. You see, because fruit grows on trees. It doesn't fall from the sky. I mean, sometimes it does. But that's not sustainable, is it? I love the miraculous. I love the divine. But God is way more excited to multiply the number of apples on your tree than to drop apples from the sky. God would love to give you a bumper crop way more than he loved to make things magically appear. He can do that, and I love when he does that because it blows my mind away. Come on, anybody had a wonder-filled experience of provision before? I've had those moments. I've had money show up in my bank account. I've had items disappear off of a credit card statement before. And the credit card company not have any reason why those items are no longer in my statement and my balance. And I called the merchant that I bought the items from and they said, yes, this is paid for. And the credit card company has no knowledge of those things. Yet that's the credit card I used and that's there and it disappeared. And everyone's like, well, we got our money. We got our money. We don't know what to tell you. Would you like to file a report? I was like, let me pray about that. (laughs) Dear Jesus, it's actually a washer and a dryer. What's the small item? Gone. No one could find it. I called back three more times just to check in. Hey, is there anything going on with this? Has this changed? Do you need anything from me? I mean, it was hard to accept the miracle of God just kind of wiping this thing out. I mean, I don't care if it was like just lost and never, never internet land. I was giving the Lord credit for all of it. Can I get a big Amen. Checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off, expenses decreased, blessing and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs. This is real. Yeah? But we've also been given seed to put in the ground, and God is way more excited about multiplying your apples than dropping apples in your lap. Yeah? We can give a fish, or we can teach people how to fish. Yeah? To sustain what it is we're doing. And so ultimately, we want to sustain heaven on earth. We don't want to see heaven on earth. Yeah? We want to sustain it. Because God wants to move through you. He doesn't want to move outside of you. 
So the key to heaven being sustained on the earth is through you, not through a mystical event. So God loves to move in the mystical event. And it's amazing when he does. But that's a sign to make you wonder about what would be possible if you became the wonder in the earth. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a powerful time for us to plant our seed in the ground. So what is the seed? Well, it's who you are. It's your breakthrough. You know, for some of you, you have expertise that's a breakthrough. So it might just simply be accounting skills. But accounting skills by faith can get a lot of work done in the kingdom. They just need to be in motion. You know, when your identity is focused and motivated, meaning it has motion behind it, how does it get motion? Well, motion is created out of time, money, influence, expertise, and overall energy that you put behind it. Some of you guys have gifts and abilities that you're not using right now. There's no motion. And so one of the greatest understandings we can ever have is to realize how who I am can be amplified through the skills that I have. Yeah? And so I used to always think about this, like, well, Lord, what kind of encounters can I give people? And I really just believe that, you know, there's times when I need to open my mouth, stop somebody, open my mouth, and release a God encounter, open something up for God to do something amazing. And then there's other times I just need to open the door for someone by faith. And believe that by faith something good is happening in this person's life because I was there in that moment, whether I touched them or not, said hello or not, I can just be a smile, come on in. And when they walk through that door, because I'm holding that door, now something different is going to happen in their life. Because the action isn't the breakthrough, it's the willingness for God to show up through me that creates the breakthrough. There's no recipe. There's no model here. There's no, you know, do this, left, left, right, right, up, down, up, down, BA, select, start. That is not the key here. Um, it is about being willing and open for God to do something through me. I've been saying this over and over and over again, and um, you're not a problem. You're a solution. Why do I say that over and over and over again? Because I want you to realize that heaven on earth is our central motivator. But the only way we're going to sustain heaven on earth is if heaven moves through us all at the same time repeatedly. Yeah? And so what's the dream of God about how heaven can uniquely flow through your life within your sphere of influence? It's time for us to up the ante on what's possible in our sphere of influence. You are on mission as a full-time minister in your sphere of influence. Some of you might work for Ford Motor Company, and you are paid to do full-time ministry at Ford Motor Company. Every two weeks, the paycheck shows up from payroll for you to do full-time ministry at Ford Motor Company. Can I get a big amen? And so we have to understand the opportunity for us to bring heaven into the spheres of influence that we are in. As a teacher, you're bringing heaven into the classroom and you are paid by whatever school district you are in to do full-time ministry in that classroom with those 28 kids over Zoom, in person, whatever it is. And that is our opportunity to sustain heaven on the earth. Well, it's like, Drew, what does that look like? How do I bring heaven to my classroom? Is it all encounters? Well, sure, but encounters can look like a lot of different things. Honestly, just loving someone in the midst of their mess can bring an encounter. Can I get a big amen? 
advocating from a standpoint of justice for someone can bring heaven to earth. Empowering people. It's about exercising the unique values of the kingdom that allow for supernatural realities to exist. Can I get a big amen? And so it's not time to hold back. It's not time to be scared. It's not time to wonder what the wind is doing or time to figure out what the cloud is doing um, in the sense of it stopping me from doing something. I don't need to learn what I need to do. I need to learn how to do it in the midst of the wind and in the cloud because I can't move those things. Yeah? And so there's, a, there's an opportunity here for upgrade and... Um, So I'd like to start my message now. <laughs> yep. We're going to be here for the next three hours. I've got you. And um, someone lock the doors. Come on. <laughs> no, that's in the deliverance class. Yeah. I want to get into, I want to give up this all the time that is due, and so we'll jump into this next week. I've got a lot here to say, um, and we're, we're out of time. Here's what I want you to do. I want to open this. I want to introduce this thought to you, though. And I want to remind you that two years ago, I told you we were coming into a season of redefinition. How many of you guys remember me kind of spending time on that? If you guys remember? Um, I, I, I spent a lot of time, I believe, in January of 2018 talking about it. But really that whole year, I said it was a year of redefinition. And 2018 was a radical year of redefinition for me. Um, I, I had a remarkable year in 2018. I, I am not the same person that I was in 2018. Um, and, uh, you know, that was the year I was vis- uh, visited by uh, that angel of the wind of change. Uh, it's a year Doug Addison told us that there were two new mantles coming over us as a house. And um, Dan McCollum said, you know, one of the mantles was wisdom. Sean Bowles talked about innovation coming over our house. So I really believe those two mantles were wisdom and innovation. And, uh, and so I had two significant encounters, one on the airplane, one and another uh, moment in time with the Lord where I had a physical manifestation of this angel as a lion. And, and that year really marked me. That was a year I also had that, um, any of you guys remember my, my dirty cry at Starbucks testimony um, about where God removed a lie about how I believed I related with the world and in my purpose. And, and so there was some remarkable breakthrough I had in that year. And so I was prophesying that the kind of year I, that I knew I was going to have, um, I, I mean, I didn't, I mean, I anticipated, I didn't know how impactful 2018 was going to be. But here we are in 2021, and three years later, and our, all of our lives have been redefined. I mean, it's an, it's an understatement, right? How redefined we are being right now. And, and what we have to know is that in times of redefinition is that, you know, I, I spent a lot of time that year talking about Saul's armor and being willing to shake off Saul's armor. You see, David was prepared to be a man of war, but he wasn't prepared to be a man of war that looked like all the other men of war. You see, David was prepared to be a man of war in the shepherd field. And he was trained with innovative weapons that no one else was using. They were long-range weapons called a slingshot. None of the other children of Israel were using these weapons. This was not a common weapon. 
And so, and so he had mastered this weapon and had shown up with a tactic on how to slay a giant with a long-range weapon. But if, how many know that if, if you don't know what a, that a weapon has range and you don't understand that, and you only know one way to have you know, an interaction with a giant, and that's with hand-to-hand combat, uh, you're going to think someone's a moron when they shake off the armor. Like, you're dumb. Like, I've been doing this for 30 years. You need armor when you go against a giant. And so there are things in your life right now that God has been getting you ready through in the shepherd field that are innovative tools, new ways of thinking, that you're about to bring to the surface and utilize in your life that other people aren't going to understand. And they're going to think you're crazy for shaking off Saul's armor. But it's going to be important once again that we don't follow the status quo. We can't just follow the next, the, the butt in front of us, right? We're not, I mean, sheep got to raise their head up out and look for the shepherd. We got to follow the shepherd, Yeah. And so I think it's really important, and, and I, have, I have a lot I want to say kind of behind this foundational statement of, you know, how, how do we live in a time of redefinition? And so I told you redefinition was coming, and I really believe that that, you know, I, I believed it was coming in a major way, um, and, uh, and, and so here we are, we're in it. And so I really want to equip us for that, but the thing I want, I want you to walk away with right now is understanding that you've been prepared out of context. David was prepared out of context and a shepherd field to become a giant slayer. And I really believe that as a church, we're coming into a giant slaying season. Which means we're leaving the shepherd field and coming to the valley. And so there are things that you utilize to be successful in the field that now you're going to use to slay a giant. And you have to believe that you are ready. You're alive right now. We're all married. We're ready for this. Whatever's in front of us, we're ready for it. We are not scared. We've been made ready in the field. We've been made ready on how to slay the giant of fear, the giant of inequality, the giant of confusion, the giant of good data and bad data. Whatever's in front of us, we're here. We're we're, we're present and we're able to overcome And so what I want you to do is I want you to begin to do some inventory. I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, what have you used to get me ready in my field? What are the greatest moments that I've had in the last seven years? Maybe the things that you and I have that are unique and special that I don't really talk about very often. But what's what's the way that I connect with you that's that's become a unique way that's made me ready to be able to confront the giant of fear, to confront the giant of confusion or whatever's going on. There are things that you've done in the secret place that are now have made you ready to confront the giant in the valley. You see, God, you know, I love Paul Manwaring. He, he's, he said for so many years, God will always get you ready. He wastes nothing. He wastes nothing. Your worst moment is God still getting you ready because all things work together for good. Come on, he doesn't waste anything. And so in your field, I don't care if your field was a mess or if your field was, you know, whatever, a laboratory of you building all kinds of trinkets and gadgets. Whatever your field was, God has used that to get you ready in this moment. And so the question here is, God, what are the tools of the shepherd field 
that you want me to use to slay the giant that's in front of me? And only you can answer that question. You and the Lord, spending that time. It's time to plant our seed, guys. It's time to double down and believe that we're in the right place at the right time with the right tools, with the right job, and that we're gonna overcome. We're gonna overcome. Whatever your obstacle is, you were made to overcome. This is our defining moment. You were made for this moment. And uh, and I hope this is encouraging and provoking to you. And uh, let's all just stand. Make sure you're here next next week as we jump into this. You know how to live in a how to live in a season of redefinition. I believe it's going to set you up in a powerful way and and uh, bring your friends, bring your neighbor, and uh, let's go after this together next week. But you know today as we just wrap up, I I, I just want to revisit you know this the seed that's in your hand. You know Jesus said it was the sons of God. There's something about who you are that needs to be put into the ground to multiply. There's something unique about the anointing on your life, the gifts that are in your life. And I, I want you just to, to ask the Lord, say, Lord, what is, what is the seed that I need to put in the ground? Lord, what's the seed that I need to put in the ground? You know, I'll never forget, in 2008, um, you know, the market crashed and uh, as the market crashed, it was largely connected to the real estate bubble and banks and mortgage and loan and all those things. And um, the Lord told me that in two years that I was going to need to be in a position to make radical decisions in my life. And so at that point, um, you know, I, my wife and I have uh, skills in, in the trades and in design and and so we started, you know, buying these houses for thirty and forty thousand dollars that were would have been, you know, just previously one hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand dollars before the the market burst. And I was already working probably seventy hours a week at that point, and now we were going to take on these houses to flip, so that we could get ourselves in position for what was going to happen in two thousand and ten. And so for two years, we started gobbling up these houses and, you know, and I was putting on a tool belt. I'd show up at these houses sometimes nine o'clock at night, just worked a full day and I worked till two o'clock in the morning. And I worked my butt off for two years to get a nest egg put together so that Melissa and I could take the jump of moving into our destiny that we needed to do. And I knew that I needed to plant some seeds into the ground to get ready for the next season. I spent two years doing that. You know, in 2010, um, I let go of my staff position uh, with the church I was with. And um, it was, you know, a lot of transition was happening there. And things were not easy economically. And it made sense for them for me not to be on staff. And, and it made sense for me to not be on staff as well. We were getting ready for what was next. And so in that moment, uh, that was in the month of October in 2010, two months later, Melissa was working for one of the large healthcare providers an operational role and she lost her job was laid off 
And so I had let go of my staff position, was trying to build my consultancy, and, uh, and Melissa gets laid off, and we lost our benefits, we lost all the things, and we've got, you know, three kids, or, you know, we had two kids at the time. And, um, and so here we are in this position of not feeling largely provided for, but how many know I put some seeds in the ground in 2008 to get ready? And so my encouragement has been to get ready, get ready, get ready. And I think there's still like, this is your last year to really get some seed in the ground before very visible altered ways of living are, are, are here. And so I, I think it's time to be early, you know, to be early in the ground. Get your seed in as early in the ground as possible. Yeah. So that you're not, so you're harvesting as early as possible in the season. And maybe you get two or three plantings in one season. Can I get a big amen? I think it's just wisdom to be ready. And, and your seed isn't just financially related, but it's important to understand whatever it is for you to do it. Like to be ready and to know how to sow in the wind and to reap in the rain. And uh, so Father, I just thank you right now. Lord, for how you've prepared us in the shepherd's field. Lord, in my shepherd's field, you had me do some real estate. Father, to get me ready for my, for my giant in 2010. Father, and I just ask that even right now, as we go in these cycles, Lord, we're revisiting these opportunities. And Lord, I see the decisions that I've made in 2018 and in 2019 that we're planting my, my seed in the ground to get me ready even for this moment that we're in right now. Father, give us the courage right now in Jesus' mighty name, Lord, to prepare ourselves, to make our hearts ready, to make our hearts soft before you, Lord, to shake off Saul's armor and to put that seed in the ground. Father, I bless this house. I bless what we're doing. I bless our faith. I bless our families. I bless our peace. Father, and I declare multiplication in everything that we do in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Someone say, I'm going to plant my seed. Come on. I'm going to plant my seed. Father, I thank you for the strategy on how to plant in the wind and how to reap in the rain. So, Father, we just declare this right now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Look at your neighbor say, it's time to plant your seed. Come on. We're going to do it by faith. Bless you guys. Thanks for being here today. You guys are amazing. Hey, be here next week. We're going to hit this how to prosper in a time of redefinition. Love you guys. Have a great week.